My name is Marisla. Welcome to Meet at the Table, a podcast about the Black experience in rural America and navigating crazy things like parenting, relationships, friendships, all the ships, <laughs> and doing it with a smile um, or laughing to keep from crying. I mean, honestly, uh, as of right now, this is self-sponsored, um, and I'm really excited about bringing this to you. And I think that like the biggest thing is um, doing my best to be consistent. It's really, really hard when you have ADHD or PTSD, all the things, and then add being uh, a mom onto that, and it's a really crazy um, adventure, to say the least. <laughs> Um, so I have been, um, in the process of being a licensed foster parent and a lot of people know now that I have a little girl in my care and I'm really excited about it. I will tell you that, um, over the last couple of years I have been challenging my mental health and, and I say this to say that, um, it is incredible to see, um, how resilient you can be when you are pushed to the very brink. And I think that the thing that has gotten me through is sadly the I've been through worse trope, right? Like, oh, I got this. I've been through worse. And to be honest, I don't think I have. Like, other than the death of my parents um, at a young age, I haven't been through worse. <laughs> like... Like, I mean, I'll talk about some other stuff specifically, you know, about my house um, and how I got that. Uh, but but uh, it don't compare to like just getting a license um, as a foster parent. And I keep pushing forward and I keep doing it because it's what I want to do. I've always wanted a house full of kids. Um, and as I've gotten older, it, you know, it's closer. And after I secured my house, I was like, wow, now I have this stable. And I mean, I, I will tell you, I haven't been in my house, but eight months maybe. And, uh, but I'm just like, who cares? Like, I, I need, um, I need this, you know, I need this house to be full of love and chillins running around, causing a muck, driving me crazy. Um, because that's when I feel the most sane, if that makes any sense. Um, and, just, you know, briefly talking about that, like mental health, you know, like what is your breaking points? You know, how do you deal with it? How do you cope? You know, what are some strategies you use? And as a black woman, <laughs> um, that strong trope is dangerous for us uh, because I don't feel strong, honestly, ever. Um, I mean, OK, I, I take that back. I feel strong when I'm doing stuff that I believe you need strength for. <laughs> for example, having a baby. <laughs> um, and mine was very, like, my pregnancy with Milo was very, it was very hard. There's a lot of hard factors in that pregnancy. One of the most stressful was I had to see the doctor every week um, up until Milo was born. And a lot of people get to go every couple months, you know, until it gets to the end when you have to go every week. But no, I was going every week and it was because I was high risk. I have PCOS, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it just, it makes it really hard to get pregnant. And then when you do, 
there's all these things that are fighting against your body. And so I was devastated um, during my pregnancy with Milo. I was so excited, but I was so scared that everything and anything would happen. And I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, doctor recommended starved myself. (laughs) I lost like 40 something pounds when I was pregnant with Milo and I was weak as hell. I was so weak and I was so hungry. Um, but that probably was the thing that was like, oh, it's going to break me. But it was also proof to me that I could be stronger than anything that I ever um, anticipated. Um, and so post that, you know, I struggled a lot. Postpartum, I mean, they say it, you know, it lasts for a little bit, but it just kicked my anxiety and depression up in high gear, higher gear than it, you know, usually would. And um, that was devastating. You know, I was like, okay. I mean, my baby arrived so safe. He's like the perfect weight. I mean, he's not because they keep going, oh, he's in the 90th percentile for all of these things, 90 or above. He's a big baby. And I'm like, my son's not big. Anyways, there was all these like, you know, things that I had to like continuously do. And I think that that's what like got me, you know, like, oh man, I'm (sighs) somehow, um, did really good, but still failing, you know? And then that just kind of pushed in, um, my sadness. Um, and then, you know, I stressed myself out, you know, I'm surprised I didn't lose more weight. I'm glad I did. Um, it's so crazy. I was the skinniest I've ever been. Um, and, um, which was a weird thing, you know? And then you get all those hormones back. Like everything kind of tries to go back into place in that first six months. And you're like, Oh, and the only comfort I had was like, Oh, I don't have to take those shots anymore. And my, I don't have to poke my stomach anymore. I have to check my blood sugar every like four times a day. Oh shoot. I'm eating everything. And now I'm in this place where not only do I want to get healthier mentally, um, I want to work with my brain to like lose that weight on my own terms. Um, but it's one thing when you are sleep deprived, you don't think you deserve anything. You're like the world hurt, like hates me because I haven't slept in so long. And that's definitely not true. Um, I've been, um, granted a bunch of therapists, you know, I tried that one app one called cerebral and I suggest nobody does it because within like 30 minutes they diagnosed me she had no background of like things I've been through um and she just wanted to put me on this crazy like strong pill you know without any background and um I didn't like that um and prior to that I had gotten some free services uh, from a local therapist in Port Townsend. And it was great uh, because I had like a rapport with them and they listened and it was really, that was nice. And then they wanted to go back into doing stuff in person and I just wasn't comfortable yet. So I was just like, I got to find somebody um, and I need to find somebody that's going to like support me uh, if I want to come in, but also support me via telehealth. And I like read up on like 
a lot of these telehealth programs are included in insurance and it's not an extra charge for them. So it was, you know, crazy um, that I had to modify. So that's, that's hard for mental health, you know, a break in care. Um, and yeah, I just think that like, we all have to like evaluate how that, how that access, you know, um, is, um, crucial and sometimes hard for a lot of us and special, especially culturally for me. Um, I grew up in a religious home. I had wonderful parents. It's just, they believed in this, in my opinion, figment of their imagination, um, you know, would absolve them. And I think that, you know, my papa had some stuff that he probably needed to talk about. And definitely my mom, you know, I feel like my mama had, um, been the big sister and been the wife and been the mother. And I think that she was like, at the end of her life, she was searching for something. And, um, it broke my heart because I don't think she ever found it. Um, and, um, you know, those things kind of make me sad. Um, I'm out here living life. Um, and, uh, you know, just completely relying on my intuition and manifestation and action as well, too. You know, I don't believe anything, um, just, you know, comes to you without actually putting in some energy and some work. Um, so that was such a cool, um, feeling, you know, to work through some of that stuff, you know? Um, and then also have like, I have right now, I have a pretty rad therapist and they are listening to me, but also like giving me the feedback that I really need as a person with mental health stuff. Some people don't want like, you know, they don't want to like uh, have that feedback. They just want somebody to listen, but I really appreciate my therapist right now. Cause she laughs with me, which I love. And she gives me just like this beautiful energy and so I feel safe and that's like my favorite thing is to feel safe and people um pride on like oh my god Grace you're so strong and it's like I um I am I am strong I'm resilient and I'm I persevere um but most of the time I'm sitting in a dark room just contemplating what's going on and um you know recently you know I don't really like people in my space unless I trust you and so I've had a hard time letting people help even though I'm asking for help <laughs> I don't even know what that means right um and it has nothing to do with anybody other than me it's my stuff um especially because you know when you get let down you know the last um podcast was about friendships and they're really hard and for me uh, friendship or friendships are not only hard they're uh, they're a lot you know because I think it takes a lot to cultivate um but also I've just found some incredible people who just let me be me and that has honestly saved my life so this is a uh people use this third this is a trigger warning um about three years ago three and a half years ago I tried to kill myself 
And, um, and this is not the first attempt, obviously, in the last decade. Um, probably actually in the last 20 years. It's happened several times, right? And um, each time is different. It's either I feel invisible or I feel unwanted or I feel stupid, right? Um, and this last time was really hard because... Um, I had just felt unneeded. Um, and that was because there's so many things going on. You know, I was in a friendship that was really emotionally, um, abusive. And this person is now like thriving in the world. (laughs) Um, and it's because they definitely took a lot from me. They like, they tried to destroy me. I mean, they survived on some fronts, right? And which is fine. But this person just definitely took so much from me that I definitely didn't feel worthy. And um, I wasn't even with the person. I just had like a random thought of this person and you know, three years ago that day, I was just like, cool. This is, I don't deserve anything or anyone or anybody. And that felt sad, you know, that felt heavy. And fast forward to this present moment, I want to hug that little girl, you know, um, because who knew what was in store for her, right? Who knew that all the years of searching for purpose and grounding was coming for her? And, um, you know, I would never put this pressure on my son ever, but he saved my life. He saved my entire life. I had been calling for him from for years. And actually, I'm going to, at the end of this cast, I will play the lullaby I wrote for him. Um, I wrote this lullaby in 2016, and I was pregnant in 2018. So I called for him. Just like I called for my house. And you can ask a good friend of mine. Um we would do our walks and I was like, Oh, look at my little house. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> um, it's now my little house. So, um, manifestation is strong and I didn't believe it for a long time. Um, but here I am, you know, like muddling through the crap, you know, like 2020 was hard because it was just unknown. It was unfamiliar. But when we got into 2021 and, like walking around and like the world was fine you know for like that three weeks (laughs) I mean this year I feel like 2021 was a crap year and um you know I put a lot of things in the universe and definitely just got beat up on so I'm looking forward to 2022 and um I don't know just watch out for me Um, I'm proud of myself because this is the most consistent I have been in a long time, um, with something that I really have wanted to do. 
I hear a little one about to start crying. So that means this podcast is over. I promise I'm going to have some guests soon um, and I'm going to have some sponsors soon. But until then, um, treat each other with love and kindness and I will see you next time. All right. And this is uh, called Love's Lullaby. Uh, I hope you enjoy.
Ciao. Ciao.